Thanks for joining us and supporting Vikido Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. And remember, keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about acupuncture. Can acupuncture help me? Acupuncture is a key component of traditional Chinese medicine, and it is commonly used to treat pain and to manage stress. This technique is used for balancing the flow of energy throughout your body and is said to help you restore balance and healing. Today, I will go in depth on who should consider going to an acupuncture practitioner and why it can be an important part of your health and healing. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks Bright. So, how are you, D? Hello, I am good, Vicki. How are you doing? I am fine. It is a great day. The sun is out for real. <laughs> I know, it is. <laughs> It is, but I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't know, is it me or have we had a lot of rain? I was looking at my coffee pots today, and, you know, I don't know when I have watered my plants. I know, I know, right? It's been a lot of rain. A lot of rain. But it's weird because it'll be sunny like this, like we're looking now. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. what, 15 minutes later, now we got a, what, a big-time Hurricane almost. Hurricane. <laughs> were, you, were, were you in the middle of that storm yesterday? Did you see that storm yesterday? Yep, that's why I was All late coming. lightning and thunder. And, oh, my goodness. I know. That's why I was late coming was from my terrible. office. Mm-hmm. I, I waited. Oh, man. I waited in my office for a while when it was uh-huh. coming down because I knew going to the uh-huh. parking lot, I would get soaking wet. It was awful. It was awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awful. And I mean, like you said, it was one of those, oh, the, the day it was like really nice and this and that. And then all of a sudden, the bottom drops out with lightning and thunder and the whole bit. I know. Then it'll, I know. It'll do that. And then, boom, we're back to sun again. <laughs> yes. Because, yes, exactly, exactly. So it's just crazy. Yeah, so we're getting it's just crazy. different kind of weather over here in yeah, Ohio. We, are. we definitely are. Well, today we talk about acupuncture. Can acupuncture help you and can it be healthy for you? Now, first of all, what is acupuncture? Acupuncture involves the insertion of very thin needles through your skin at strategic points on your body. This is a key component of traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture is mostly um, used or most commonly used to treat pain. But increasingly, it is being used for overall fitness, including stress management. Now, traditional Chinese medicine explains acupuncture as a technique for balancing the flow of energy known as qi. And it is believed that this flow of energy flows through 
pathways, meridians, or chakras is what it's called, in your body. By inserting the needles into specific points along these meridians, it's believed that your energy flow will rebalance. And so with that rebalancing of your energy, that's what causes, what can I say, pain relief. It causes healing and all of that. So in contrast, many Western practitioners view the acupuncture points as places to stimulate nerves, muscles, and connective tissue. Some believe that this stimulation boosts your body's natural painkillers. Yes, today we will, in this episode, talk more about acupuncture, the benefits, and why we believe you should look into acupuncture, especially if you are suffering from low back pain, neck pain, stress, and other discomfort. That's fabulous. I can't wait. Yes, yes. Now, make sure, folks, make sure you subscribe to this show. It's all about health and fitness. Vicky Doe Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. And when you subscribe to this show, you will be notified when we post a new show and you will be able to listen to our inspirational and motivational health and wellness shows as soon as they are posted. So go subscribe today. And we have wonderful guests lined up to come to the show, and we don't want you to miss out. We have important topics we will be discussing with our guests. You know, we will be talking, and this is confirmed with our guests coming in. We're going to talk about men's health, most especially prostate cancer, because we still got our men, most especially African-American men. They are being affected, you know, with prostate cancer. So that's something that we we'll be talking about. We're also going to be talking about the importance of the arts. So are they embracing diversity yeah. and inclusion, right? For our yes, artists yes. of color. Yeah, that's important, yes. right, Dee? Yes, absolutely important. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that as well. Community health. You know, we talk about community health, but what resources are out there that are available for us to tap into we're going to talk about that as well. And then we're going to talk about women entrepreneurship. Can oh, you, yeah. Yes. Can you overcome fear? You know, it's kind of scary going out there on your own, you know, starting your business and all of that. We're going to talk about that as well. And so you see, we have interesting topics and outstanding guests coming up in the next few months ahead. And so make sure, guys, make sure you subscribe to the show. And last but not least, make sure you rate and review this show. That is how we grow and increase our listeners. And so we definitely appreciate you. And as always, what do we say, D? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. You know, one thing that I've learned, and I was reminiscing the other day as I was sitting on my patio, you know, I've learned to be uh, flexible, you know, because a lot of times we think, you know, maybe that's as we get older as well, you know, we think we have all this time in the day to get stuff done, you know, but by the time I come home, you know, I've been busy during the day at the office, you know, running around doing stuff. And I, and I always say, yeah, I'm going to finish this at home. Shoot. After I do the, the meal, cook the meal, and we eat, uh, I'm pretty much uh, done for the day. I want to chill. <laughs> it's true, right. It's true. It's the truth. Isn't that true? I completely agree. I come home with these grandiose plans, mainly my main plan now is to try to get my taxes done. Because, you know, oh, yeah. suppose that we, I drew them in October, but, yeah. I mean, I'd like to get my taxes done now, get them in to see what I owe, you know, so I can get over that major shot. But I come here and I look at that pile, <laughs> Vicky. I'm just like, okay, let me go outside and sit in the sun and enjoy my pool. That's you know, it. Like you said, I was looking at what you were saying about getting a romance novel. I went and bought myself just a trashy romance novel the other day. And I'm yes. like, I'm going to enjoy that. Yes. So just reading reading a nice book yes. or something. Because I'm like, you know, we're, we're, I, you know, as you, as you just pointed out, we're not 
smelling the roses. We're not smelling the roses. We're not smelling the roses. And we're ripping and running and ripping and running. And we're not chilling and calming ourselves down. And like you said, I think I'm going to take some more time for myself. That's it. It's me time, right? I am. Yeah. I am. I mean, I just think we... We just rip and run, and for what reason? You know, at the end of the day, most of the stuff is going to be there tomorrow anyway. <laughs> you know? That's so true. It's going to be we there. We just got to get it done. We just got to get it done. Just got to get it done. Got to get it done. When We should just come in, and, and, and then you know what else? We beat ourselves up mm-hmm. when we wake up the next morning and say, well, we didn't do this, that, or the other. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let That's it. it. Go. That's it. And, and so that we won't do the whole overwhelm thing, right? Then let us try to at least do one thing at a time. You know how we get overwhelmed? Yeah. We got so much stuff to do. We try oh, to we try multitask. To... <laughs> multitask. Yeah. Uh-huh. But let's kind of focus on one thing at a time and we'll just feel so much better, I think. I agree. I completely agree with you. Absolutely agree. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to enjoy and and do things, you know, instead of just being all ripping and running and trying to get this. Yeah. Yeah. Take it easy. That's what I'm telling myself. Take Take it easy. Exactly. So how was your week? How was your week, Dee? My week was good. I went to uh, Myrtle Beach. Okay. uh, For a short vacation, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was one of those which I'll never go on again, one of those things you go and they put you up and then you got to go spend two hours talking to somebody about buying a stupid timeshare and then they give you your money and they give you $199 back. We're supposed to be a two-hour talk turned into a four-hour talk of high-pressure salesmen. Oh, I know. Oh, my goodness. I know. But after it was over, the rest of the time was nice. Got to have some nice seafood fresh out of the ocean. You know, fresh seafood and you know, and had some other food, too. They had great steakhouses down there. And, uh, uh, you know, I was very careful. I had my mask on. In uh, fact, I had my mask on when I went to the I went to the swimming pool area. I went on, just walked on the beach for a minute to just put my feet in the sand. But I had my, I had my mask on selectively, um, you know, down there. No mask. The, I don't hey. think I saw a mask. No, ain't nobody. Uh-uh. 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 I didn't see a mask. So, uh you know, I'll talk more about this Delta variant when we talk about a little bit, little bit later about what's the latest. So got back, and it was a pretty seamless trip, but it was just nice. And you were talking about I, I took some words. You know, that's what I'm into now, too, word search puzzles. Oh, I love that. I bought Ooh. a bunch of word search puzzle books and some yes. romance novels and didn't think about medicine. That's Period. it. Period. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Period. So that was, that was my weekend, just... Friday, Saturday, Sunday, tried to stretch it out as long as I could. Got a very early, early plane back and then had to go to work on Monday. But it was all good. It was all good. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it was all good. I was telling my daughter because she's going to Hotlanta, ATL. Hotlanta. Oh, it was so hot down there. Oh, my goodness. Really? Oh, my goodness. Um, that humidity. Was it? Oh, my goodness, it was that humidity that, oh, Lord, you know, and I often talk about, well, you know, it's too cold here. Being down there for two or three days and that kind of heat and humidity, that would get old very fast. Old fast, I'm telling you. And so I was telling very fast. I was telling my oldest, Natalie, I was like, look, you going to Hotlanta, my hometown. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, they ain't never listened to nothing when I was there. So, you know, they ain't listening to nothing now. So they will not have their oh, mask on. <laughs> they going to be too hot. This is one of those things where you're going to have to protect yourself. Yes. People are just really going to have to protect themselves. That's it. Because they ain't, no, no, ain't nobody, nope. They will have. They will not have their mask on, and you know it's no. it's all over. Though you know, I can't just say down south. It's it's quite a bit all over. No, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. You know, people have gotten this idea that uh, you know everything is free for all, and it's over. No, I, we keep saying the virus is not done with us yet. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not done yet, folks. Not done yet. No. 
I know. Not done yet. So, no, we have to be vigilant and, and continue to get people vaccinated. You continue know. to get people vaccinated. That's the key. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. All right. What is going on this week? Everything, Vicki. Everything. Yes. Uh, the, the first thing that popped up last week was little uh, Corey Coco Goff is going to have to miss the Olympics. She was one of the first to start testing positive mm-hmm. for COVID. And the 17-year-old, she's the 25th ranked woman in the world on her way to the Olympics. She said it's always been a dream of hers to represent the United States at the Olympics. And she was hoping, of course, there will be many more chances for her to do this in the future. She wanted to wish the team the best of luck and the safe games and so forth. The United States Tennis Association tweeted a statement in response to her announcement and said they're trying to determine if they can replace her on the roster, where you better get ready to replace a bunch of people, that they were saddened to learn that Goff had tested positive and will therefore be unable to participate. And the entire USA Mm -hmm. Tennis Olympic contingent was heartbroken for Coco. We wish her the best as she deals with this unfortunate situation and hope to see her back on the court very soon. The Olympics, the 2020 Olympics will start on Friday, but growing, but concern is growing over the danger of COVID spreading. Well, this article came out, I forget when, when this article came out, Vicki, but it was uh-huh. 55 confirmed cases. Now there are 73. Wow. And that's just been within a week. So neither the International Olympic Committee nor Team USA are requiring athletes to be vaccinated, which is a, a bad move in my opinion. Three members of South Africa's football team are tested positive after arriving in Tokyo, according to South African Football Association. The team members included two footballers, Sabiso Manyanye and Camelo Malazzi, and video analyst Mario Masha, according to the association. The whole team is now in the quarantine until cleared to train. According to the association, Manyanye and Malatsu are the first athletes to test positive in the village. Okay. First positive case in the Olympic Village was reported last Saturday after an individual not believed to be an athlete. And see, this is how this thing spreads so fast. I know. Outside the Olympic Village, a third athlete tested positive on Sunday. Organizers said the names and nationalities were not made known by the organizers. Some athletes had decided against the risk, and they pulled out, including Australian tennis star Nick Corrigios and Australian basketball player Liz Tambage. About 10,000 Olympic volunteers have all quit. Mm. Isn't that something? Let that sink in. Mm-hmm. As of Friday, more than 15,000 Olympic individuals had entered Japan, according to Thomas Bach, IOC president. The Olympic Village, containing 21 residential buildings, will house 11,000 athletes. The Japanese public, as well as international observers, have voiced alarm over the games going forward as Japan struggles to rein in its latest coronavirus outbreak. You think? You the think? country saw a huge second wave in the spring, peaking in April and May, and they knew this was a problem, Vicki. They knew this was a problem. Mm. With close to 6,000 new cases per day, that's what they were doing in April and May. There's no way in the world they should have had this Olympic uh, thing. Mm. Cases began falling in June, but have risen in recent weeks, sparking fears the arrival of teams from more than 200 countries could turn the games into a, put on Facebook the other day, super spreader. Right. I didn't even read this article. Super spreader, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. Olympic organizers announced this month that the Tokyo venues will not have spectators due to the city's coronavirus state of emergency. An unprecedented move, according to an IOC spokesman. The Olympic Village is prepped with COVID testing and health. What's almost like the, ca- the cow's gotten out of the barn, though. I know. Village prep with COVID testing and health centers with signs reminding residents to wear face masks and keep at least one meter, about 3.3 feet away from each other. Athletes will be contact traced and tested for COVID daily. If they test positive, they will be taken to an isolation facility outside the village and will not be able to compete. There you have it. I know, but like we were talking about, you know, if we got all these people testing positive and then they got to go into quarantine, they ain't going to have nobody there doing the Olympics. Correct. Correct. And it won't be Correct. fair if you're competing against somebody, if half the team not there. Exactly. 
And, you know, with this, mm-hmm. you don't want to say it, too, is that if they don't have everybody there who could be competitive, I would worry that my, my score or my winning would have an asterisk on it because I wasn't competing against the top players because they had to drop out because of COVID. That's you know? it. They got to keep all that stuff in, in consideration. So we will see. And, and remember, we were talking about earlier, you know, for Friday the 23rd, that's when they have the opening ceremony. Even if they don't have right. spectators, you know, they got to have the right. athletes come in. How are they right. going to do that? How are they going to do that? So we shall I see. I have no idea. I have, I have no idea. This is going to be a hot mess. A super spreader. That's it. And we might. And then, Vicki, here's the other thing. These people uh-huh. have to come back to the United States. Now, they're going to be allowed to come back in or they're going to quarantine or whatever. I know. You know, we don't think stuff through. <laughs> no. No. We, we don't think stuff through. So who knows? So that's gonna. We don't think things through at all. So we'll see with that. We shall see. Well, we got uh, Jeff Bezos. He's in space. You know, he blasts into space on their own rocket, and he said this is the best day ever. And I watched the whole stuff. I watched it. It was kind of neat, though, wasn't it? (laughs) It was kind of neat. You know, despite it all, I said to somebody yesterday, Mm -hmm. despite it all, because I was in seventh grade when Alan Shepard went up, and that was 1961, and that was a special thing. So those of us baby boomers that remember Alan Shepard going up in space, and I don't remember how long his trip was, might not have even been this, a little, maybe a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and to know that this, the space uh, capsule was named Shepard, and this went off on the same day that Neil Armstrong went up yes. to the moon, it was, it was kind of special, and they had an older woman on the flight who had been trying to get into space exploration for years. She's in her 80s, I believe. Wally 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 Funk. Funk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they had her girlfriend on there this morning talking about how the two of them, you know, back in the days, in the 60s, and they didn't have any women, didn't want any women, and... You know, here she got, even though she's not, was not an official NASA astronaut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, they astronauts, they went up into space. They could have been killed like the other astronauts. Exactly, exactly. And so, oh, yeah. so that's what they did. But, you know, uh, Richard, what's his name? Branson. Was mm-hmm. it Branson? He Richard did. Branson, he went. Mm-hmm. But the, mm-hmm. the difference, mm-hmm. and, and, and when I looked at this, I was like, okay, here we go. When Richard Branson went up, I was like, okay, we're going to have somebody else coming too. So it was Jeff Bezos. But the difference, Richard Branson, when they went up, it was pilot, you know, operated and generated. Right. But for Jeff Bezos, their rocket capsule was automated. It didn't have anybody. Isn't that interesting? And so just looking at it, I was like, oh, my goodness. And it was called the the Blue Origins Capsule. And so it reached Mm -hmm. an altitude of about 66 miles, more than 10 miles higher than Branson's July 11th -hmm. ride. And so the Mm -hmm. 60-foot booster um, accelerated to Mach 3 or three times the speed of sound to get the capsule high enough before separating and landing upright. And so it says here, unlike Branson's piloted rocket plane, Bezos' capsule was completely automated and required no official staff on board for the up and down flight. So that's kind of significant, huh? Yeah. <laughs> So they were all excited, you know, and when he came out, I realized, too, that he had his brother there with him as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's pretty neat. I guess they're trying to. Oh, and then they had that high school. Then they have a, they had an 18 year old Mm -hmm. who happened to stumble on there. He, if somebody couldn't come or they had something to do or whatever, and this guy won the lottery or whatever, he was the next. And his father, you know, orchestrated for him to get in there. So, yeah, I think he was about 18 or 19 years old. He was the other one on there. Yeah, he was 18. Yeah, yeah. From, Uh yeah, it was Mm -hmm. what, his brother. 
It says the Amazon founder was accompanied by his brother, an 18-year-old from the Netherlands, and an 82-year-old aviation pioneer from Texas. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And so they've been waiting for a long time. They've been working on it. And so, yeah, this is, I guess... This is planning for the future, I guess, because he said when they interviewed um, Jeff Bezos, he said that he's definitely going to be really, you know, thinking and concentrating on space, right? It's, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Blue Origin is the name. And, and I guess their foreseeing vision is to have folks be in space. You know, just like we ride the plane and go from place to place, I guess we will yeah. ride up in space. Mm-hmm. Or some of us, because it's going to be cost prohibitive for most folks. Yeah, well, it says ticket sales, uh, including auction, are approaching $100 million. They already got what they say. Woo! Okay, so they say Blue Origin, founded by Bezos in 2000 in Kent, Washington, near Amazon Seattle headquarters, hasn't revealed its price for a ride to space, but has lined up spots for other auction bidders. Ticket sales, including the auction, are approaching a hundred million. Unbelievable. So, Unbelievable. <laughs> so two more flights I mean, are planned for the really? year's end. Two more flights are uh, planned for this year, but yeah, a hundred million. Yep. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, if you had that kind of money, mm-hmm. would you spend it on that? Or, I mean, well, you know, this is the pandemic, and like we were saying before, you know, a lot of people don't have food, don't have or, clothing, or milk and bread, or milk no, and bread, or clothing, or clothing. No. but or jobs. I will have to say, I guess Jeff Bezos took care of those critics because I just saw today that. When he was announcing further on, I guess he gave Van Jones a hundred million yep. for his and charities. Jose Andre, okay. And Jose Andre, the big chef, he gave him a hundred million as well. So he gave both of them that. So I guess he just had they will now shut up, drop the mic. Shut up and drop the mic. That's it. Because shut um up and drop the mic. Because it's Jose. Okay, Jose Andreas. He what's his thing called? World hot what is this called? World Network Food. I no. World Central Kitchen. That's what it is. It's, oh, okay. It's World Central Kitchen. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they do. They're, they're like the frontliners oh, bringing yes. food. Yes. During the uh, pandemic, he, I've been to one of his restaurants in Georgetown in D.C., but during the pandemic, he was really good about taking food. And this is money coming out of his pocket. Like, he gave a lot of free food away. Mm-hmm. during the uh, mm-hmm. pandemic. So, yeah. So, Bezos, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, you know his wife is one of the most, is the richest woman in the world. Yeah. And she gave a lot, you too. Know, she just got married. She's been giving a lot to the HBCU. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she's been giving a lot of money away to the HBCU. So, you know, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All I can say is, <laughs> All I can say is okay, okay. <laughs> Dr. Banks, what have you given? Okay, 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 okay. All right. That's why. They get a pass. That's it, that's it. That's why when, when that came across uh, Facebook about Van Jones, my response was, okay. Okay. <laughs> right, okay. I'm all right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, well, we just he move on. Money where he put his, I mean, literally put his money where his mouth is. Okay. That's all it. Right. Okay. You go to space. Okay. All right. We do your thing, boo. That's it. He had to hurry up on that. They had to. That was his. He sure did. That was his PR people. It was. It was. And it worked. I'm quiet. Um, huh? I'm quiet, too. <laughs> I'm quiet, too. But at the same time, we do have to remember that it was the uh, wealthy people that were having all this time on their hand and they were trying to get the airplane remember yes. that's that that happened 
and those first flights and all that in order to fly you had to have a whole bunch of money but now it's common you know and it's yeah. it's it's yeah. everybody you know it's mainstream as they would say what they were saying yesterday how you know it was very expensive to fly when they first but now it's like you know spirit airlines is you know 50 dollars you could go someplace 50 dollars round trip the point is we've come a long way baby that's it so you just never know years from now no, what we'll no. be doing with space. No, mm-hmm. no, you don't. That's no, it. Our next thing, you know, I saw this and it's been. Yeah, um, I seen yeah this is the little black girl magic, they say. And this was written. Okay. Yeah, this was written in Because of Them We Can. This is a big platform and magazine, however, that this was written. But then uh, I saw it floating around Twitter and Facebook and so as well. These teens, this is what this says. These Atlanta teens just became the first black girl duo to win the Harvard International Debate Competition. Yeah, Jayla Jackson and Imani Stanton just made history as the first black girl duo to win Harvard's international debate competition against more than 100 debaters from around the world. And to top it off, they won with an undefeated record. And so the Harvard Debate Council, one of the university's oldest organizations on campus, brings hundreds of talented students from more than 15 countries for a summer intensive that ends in a debate tournament. And so Jackson and Stanton both hail from Atlanta, Atlanta. ATL, Hotlanta, and that's it. And they are members of the Harvard Diversity Project founded by Brandon P. Fleming in 2017. And so the uh, award-winning debate coach, Push Harvard to create the initiative to promote inclusivity and equity on campus. And so Fleming finds um, black youth in Atlanta, debate novice and trains them every weekend. You know, these are beginners. He's training them every weekend for a year so they can be ready for the Harvard summer program and so this exposure gives them a chance to learn academic disciplines that they wouldn't have access to otherwise and so Fleming has raised more than one million in the past four years and yes and enrolled more than a hundred black students into the Harvard debate program with full scholarships all four cohorts that um, Fleming has trained have won the international debate competition at Harvard. And in an interview with Black Enterprise, Fleming said that his program's purpose is, quote unquote, bigger than debate. And he said the achievements of this program and our scholars reveals to the world the power of education equity. And Jackson, a 16-year-old at Holy Innocence Episcopal School and Stanton, a 17-year-old attending North Atlanta High School, were challenged to debate this topic. And the topic is resolved, and it says, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization should substantially increase its defense commitments in the Baltic states. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> okay. Most people don't even know what the Baltic states are. That, there like, you go. Good. Okay. Good. And it says, when Jackson spoke of her win to reporters, she explained that nobody can ever doubt what they are capable of. We, this is what she says, we want to use our platform to show people what's possible when the playing field is leveled for those who need it most. And so the next cohort of the um, Harvard Diversity Project has already begun their training for the 2022 Harvard Debate Residency. Isn't that great? That's fantastic. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that great. That speech and debate, you know, it can be, you know, it's it's kind of hard work though. You know? <laughs> it is. I did that with Marky. Uh, uh-huh. He did four years of speech and debate, and the parents had to uh, mm-hmm. go on those Saturdays and and judge. Yes. And so forth. That was that was hard work. That, that was, was hard, hard work because I did that with um Andrea. 
But that's yeah, why they made those parents come out and participate. That's it. They made them come. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, kudos yeah. to these two girls, right? Kudos. Yeah, that's fabulous. Kudos. Yeah. Absolutely kudos. Truly black girl magic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. So what's hey. the latest? What's the latest, D? Well, the latest is the Delta variant is arising fast and furious. Everybody needs to jump back and put your mask back on. You know, um, and this is for even people that are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, because the problem is, as Rochelle Walensky, who's the head of the CDC, and Dr. Fauci said last week, this is now the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Mm. And we have all these people running around now who have dug their heels in the sand. I think Dr. Paul Offit, who's a vaccine advisory on the Vaccine Advisory Committee for the CDC, said there's about 25% of people in the United States that have just dug their heels in the sand and said, I'm not taking the vaccine. And so he has called for the CDC to come out and say, you know, that we need to have a mask mandate. And here's the deal. If you don't get vaccinated, then you will not be able to do some things. You will not be able to go to the theater. You will not. So you will have to show your vaccine ID like you do for buying alcohol or cigarettes or whatever. Because I think we're coming to a point where we're going to have to make people do some things. And if they don't want to do it, then you can't you can't do this X, Y and Z. And I'm really afraid of what's going to happen when kids go back to school, because now they're talking about, you know, at first they said, well, kids can go back to school, no masks, this, that, and the other. Well, now they're calling for teachers to be vaccinated because a lot of these kids are not going to be able to avail themselves of a vaccine. Those kids from, you know, 5 to 12 mm-hmm. can't get vaccinated, 5 mm-hmm. to 11. So it's, it's, it's a problem. It's, it's Like you said, things haven't been thought through. No, they haven't. No. And what happens is you have to backtrack and retrack. and <laughs> Right. And it confuses everybody because that's, people are going to say, well, I thought you said. Right. And didn't you say. Right. Well, yeah. But what happens is, you know, people, that's where everything, especially we know this as health and wellness folks. You guys know it as practitioners in medicine. Every time, you know, every time I talk about anything, health and wellness, behaviors and stuff. We have to think about psychology, behavior change, and what people probably going to do when we, yeah. <laughs> when we plan and yeah. program. We, we have yeah. to think about what are people probably are going to do. What has history shown us? And most of the time, people do not follow the rules because they think it's not going to happen to them until it does. Exactly. So when you make rules and stuff, a lot of times you got to do mandatory. If you don't do this, this is what's going to happen, period. Yeah, period, period. You can't get in the movie theater. You can't do this. You can't do that. And, you know, it's time out for, you know, part of the problem with this Olympic thing is that they couldn't mandate vaccines for the whole Olympic everybody, because a lot of these countries don't have vaccinations. I mean, vaccines. Haiti just started vaccinating people last week. Wow. I was talking to a friend of mine from Jamaica, and this was in, what is this, July. They just started. They didn't have any vaccines in May. Wow. You know, so the, there's a disproportionate distribution of the vaccines. And here we have these people here in the United States. Well, I'm not getting it. You know, I put on Facebook and somebody said that was the best line of the day when I put on Facebook. I said, people are like, well, I don't want to take the vaccine because I need more data. And I said, your lotion that you use has less data. Please. <laughs> I mean, please. <laughs> I mean, really? People will run out and look on the shelf. And whatever lotion is, whatever advertised, I don't see you asking for data on that. I know. You're you know, right. And my, and my famous thing is men running around being unvaccinated. And when Viagra came out, I didn't see them asking for a ton of information. And this was a <laughs> Pfizer product. I mean, did you hear a whole bunch of men running around talking about, well, you know, I don't think I'm fine this because I need to see more data after 
150 million people have taken the vaccine. Right, right. Oh, no. 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 So it's the stuff is it's bogus. It's bogus. And unless we get people vaccinated and get this herd immunity here quickly, this is one of the smartest viruses ever, mm-hmm. we think. Mm-hmm. And it will continue to mutate and mutate. So if you want to be in this for the rest of, potentially for the rest of your life, then just don't get vaccinated. I mean, we will probably eventually reach herd immunity in about 10 years. I know, so but by that, that time, you gotta accept a bunch of deaths. That's it, and it it, it might include so, you. That's thinking that it ain't gonna get including you, including your death. That's what I have always said, Vicky. You will have to accept however many thousands and hundreds of thousands more deaths, including your own. There it is. Well, thank you, D, for the update. You are so welcome. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicky Haywood Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we talk about acupuncture. And can acupuncture help you? And what are some of the benefits of acupuncture? Acupuncture is a traditional Chinese medicine practice that is used to treat pain. It is also used to manage stress. Acupuncture technique is used to rebalance, rebalance your energy flow or your chi. And with this rebalancing, bring about healing and overall health and wellness. And so I'm going to pull out my notes and and dive in and talk about my experience first about acupuncture. And then I will share with you some of the research and health benefits of why acupuncture may work for you as well. And so I want to start out saying that I would say, yes, I do acupuncture and, you know, with covid All of last year, I didn't go, I couldn't go, and then I wanted to wait to do, that's a part of my wellness, that's a part of my wellness, what I do. I wanted to wait until we get the vaccines out and people start going back to these wellness things. And so, yes, I did my acupuncture. I missed it. I really needed it. Um, I did it about, what, a week or two ago. And Yeah. It makes a difference, a big difference, because I was starting to have pain in my my back, my neck. And, you know, I was trying to figure out why am I having this again? And then I realized, oh, my God, I haven't had acupuncture in over a year. Let me hurry up and get back in the mix. And so how did I start doing acupuncture? Well, years ago, I would say back in 2011, back in 2011, 2010. I started having excruciating pain down my neck and it radiated down my back, down my shoulder and down to my hands tingling and all that. And I couldn't, even when I sat, I couldn't sit too long because it was just crazy driving. And you know, I'm always driving long distance. It was, mm-hmm. it was painful. And so I decided, I said, okay, let me go to an orthopedic surgeon, um, head, neck, see what's going on. Well, x-rays and all that showed that I had my problems were in the C6 and 7 um, cervical. 
and that osteoarthritis, stenosis, all those kind of things that can happen over time with me big time dancing and me sitting, you know, doing a lot of research and writing. You sit at your computer. You know how you ain't in the best, you're not in the best posture. Yeah, yeah. So over time, that started, you know, having that effect. So, you know, I did my PT, my physical therapy, and it was great. But then I said, you know, I got to get proactive because this is going to be a chronic thing if I don't do my my exercises and this and that and the other. So I said to him, because I don't want to be popping ibuprofen and and you know what else the 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 pain med and stuff stuff like that because right. I gotta Opioids be and all that yeah, yeah no because I gotta be on point I gotta write yeah, and I gotta yes I gotta yep. move I gotta yep. do stuff so yep. I asked him because I had been learning about acupuncture and I asked him I said what do you think about acupuncture he said yeah you know a lot of my patients have had great results with that and so you know I said, well, I know a doctor that's up in Cleveland that does an excellent job. You know, people have said a lot of good things about him for pain management and all of that. And so I went to to him. I did, I think I did at least three or six, three to six, you know, it's over time. My stretching, he showed me the stretches to do with my neck. And then he did the acupuncture. And I'm telling you, it works because after that, I didn't have any of that stuff, any of the pain. I just had to make sure that I did my stretches, you know, certain things. I don't lay and be on the couch and all that. You know, I have my bed at an angle, all of that. Uh-huh. And and I could still do my dancing. You know how I have to do my rigorous dancing, especially West African dance. You know, that can be very rigorous. And so, yeah, I got back to dancing, doing all the stuff that I do and been doing that for years okay um vicky i think in my own personal opinion is that african dancing for me observing it is one of the most physically exerting Mm -hmm. dances and movement your legs have to be high and you're stepping Mm -hmm. fast and your back is bent and stretching i mean i don't know how the the body does that you know what i mean that's it to you that's it so that's why over time you know, all of that, you know, and then a lot of my colleagues that are teaching, they've been teaching for years. They teach the, the ballet, the modern dance and all that. Over time, you're going to get specific injuries. Even the dancers, you're going to get specific injuries because you are moving your body and your ligaments and your joints you know, to make the art look pretty, you got to be in um, weird positions, right? <laughs> and so that's why it's important to, you know, we always teach about the importance of stretching and, and doing what you need to do to have a healthy body joints and all of that. And so, but over time, you're going to get some type of injury. And that's, that's even including running, all of these exercises, you know, over time, you have to pay attention as far as your training and your joints and ligaments. And so, yeah, guess what? It worked. And so I have my regimen, I come in at least every three months, or sometime as I get busier, I at least try to do every six months. Well, what happened? COVID hit. And for a whole year, I wasn't doing anything, but I was still teaching, you know, I was teaching in August. Yeah, August 2020, all the way through spring semester. And then that's when I start having these spasms and all this. And I was like, well, what's going on? Acupuncture. Went to my acupuncturist or acupuncture practitioner, Dr. Mao. I'll give him a shout out. Hey, Dr. Mao. Okay. But he's okay. Yeah, okay. But yeah, and so right when I did that, that's been about two weeks ago, boom, I feel amazing again. So it does work. And so I want to briefly just kind of go over a few points about acupuncture and how that maybe you can check it out. Ask your doctor, especially if you're having chronic pain and for pain management and stuff, to look into it. And nowadays, they are doing more and more 
research because, you know, we have to do evidence-based medicine, right, and evidence-based science. But the research is showing that acupuncture can have health benefits. As we know, millions of people live with pain, but acupuncture is no longer an exotic uh, curiosity now. It is widely accepted in the medical community, and it's pretty popular with patients. You know, a recent survey found almost 3.5 million Americans have had acupuncture. It's probably more because this, this survey was done in 2016, so it's even more now. And so the clinic, if you go to the various clinics that have them, um, if you go to clinics that you go to for your back pain or what have you, a lot of the physicians, like my physician, my orthopedic surgeon, they recommend that you try these alternative medicine, most especially for pain management. And in 1996, the FDA gave acupuncture its first U.S. seal of approval when it classified acupuncture needles as medical devices. In the 20 years since then, study after study indicates that, yes, acupuncture can work. The main goal of acupuncture is self-healing. There are benefits of acupuncture. Yes, it is considered self-healing. But first, let's figure out, let's figure out exactly what acupuncture is. Acupuncture is a technique. It's a technique where it involves the insertion of very thin needles through your skin at um, strategic points on your body. And it is a traditional Chinese medicine is a key component of it, and it is most commonly um, used to treat pain. Now, with the research coming out, it can be used as overall um, wellness, including stress management, you know. Why? Well, the traditional Chinese medicine, they explain the reason acupuncture, that technique is important because it's needed for balancing the flow of energy, you know, and that flow of energy is called qi, that flow of energy throughout your body, and the flow goes through pathways, and the pathways are called meridians or chakras. Most people hear it as chakras in your body, and so they insert the needles into specific points along these meridians or these chakras of your body and the acupuncture practitioners believe that your energy flow will rebalance. And so with this rebalancing, there's that healing and pain relief, stress relief, okay, and overall health. And so many Western practitioners they view the acupuncture points as places to stimulate nerves, muscles, and connective tissues. And some believe that this stimulation boosts your body's the natural healing pain killers. And so that's why it is definitely recommended with pain management. What is known? Well, you know, if you look up in the national If you go and look up the Research National Center for um, Complementary and Integrative Health, the questions are asked, you know, how much do we know about acupuncture? Well, there have been extensive studies conducted on acupuncture and especially for relieving pain, such as your back and neck pain, osteoarthritis, knee pain, headaches, even use for treatment of migraine headaches. However, researchers are only beginning to understand whether acupuncture can be helpful for other various health conditions. You know, I was looking up research recently when it comes to acupuncture and weight loss. And so they're looking up that as well, because if you remember, it's that rebalancing of that energy, and they are looking at whether those energy-specific chakras in our body to get that energy flowing, will it help with 
compulsive overeating. And so, yeah, that's research that I've been, you know, keeping an eye on as well. But there's plenty research trying to know about the effectiveness of acupuncture. Research suggests that acupuncture can help manage certain pain conditions. We know that. But evidence about its value for other health issues is uncertain. And so, yes, plenty of research is going on now. But what we can say is that there's been substantial amount of research looking at pain and pain management. It's considered safe. Acupuncture is considered safe, but it has to be performed by an experienced, well-trained practitioner using sterile needles. Improperly performed acupuncture can cause some serious side effects. So you have to look and be referred to licensed acupuncturists, right? Acupuncture is a technique in which um, practitioners stimulate specific parts of the body. And yes, they use the needles, but heat can be used as well or needles and heat. Now, when I go in, I have the needles placed along my neck, all the way down my um, back. And there are heating, heating lamps that are, uh, you know, hoovering over. And I lay down on my tummy, face down, and I usually take a nap. Hopefully they don't record because I might be snoring up in there, but. (laughs) (laughs) You could be. You could be. You could be. That's dangerous. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. That might be kind of unpleasant. Because once I lay down, you know me, once I lay down, I'm out, right? Me too. Me too. Doesn't take much. Doesn't take much. I'm right right there with you, my sister. Doesn't take much. Yeah, there's specific procedure that is done. Let's take a look. Let's take a look and see the different type of treatment or different type of conditions. That's what I should say. That acupuncture has been used for in an effective treatment. You know, most especially, like I keep saying, chronic pain. And it's been long recognized, uh, acupuncture, effective treatment for chronic pain. And in 2012, a study found that acupuncture was better than no acupuncture or simulated acupuncture for the treatment of four chronic pain conditions. Number one, that's back and neck pain. Number two, osteoarthritis. That can be, you know, degenerative joint disease, you know, what, wear and tear arthritis for knee, for all of those type of pain there where you get your osteoarthritis pain. Acupuncture can be a treatment, an effective treatment. Chronic headaches, you know, some people get those migraines and chronic headaches. Acupuncture has been recognized as an effective treatment for that and shoulder pain. And yes, you know, the research has shown with the National Institutes of Health, they call this study that was done in 2012, it was rigorous evidence to date that acupuncture may be helpful for chronic pain. When I looked at some of the latest research, yes, research is showing that, you know, there are effective relief of pain and discomfort. For labor pain, menstrual camps, we are starting to really reach out and use uh, a lot of the f- traditional physicians are reaching out and, and using these other alternative medicine and acupuncture is uh, one of them. Even for cancer, many who go for treatment for cancer, they get acupuncture in addition to their standard cancer treatments, you know, like chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery, um, um, because acupuncture can help people who have nausea and vomiting during treatment. And so, yeah, but you have to be real careful because the chemo and the radiation weakens the um, body's immune system. And so that's why we keep saying that it's important that you go to a licensed acupuncturist because they will have that strict clean needle procedure and all of that. 
fertility treatment is being used because remember we said that the acupuncture procedure has that flow of energy. And so they are saying that one study suggests that acupuncture can help women get pregnant by alleviating anxiety and stress felt by those who are doing the fertility treatment, but also it helps promote the blood flow to the uterus. And so, yeah, we are looking at a lot of things about acupuncture, and I just love it. The most important thing, and I would end here, is that you definitely have to, if you're considering acupuncture, it has to be done safely because there are some risks with that. They always warn you that if you have, first of all, you got to go to a licensed person to do it. But, you know, you can have with the needles, you know, if you're on blood thinners or any type of bleeding disorder, you know, you can get bruised from the needles. So you have to be careful with that. And then sometimes you might not even be able to do that. But the risk is pretty low. If you have a pacemaker, sometimes some of the acupuncture applies mild electrical pulses to the needles and that can interfere with your pacemaker, okay? And then, of course, if you're pregnant, acupuncture, it gets that energy flowing, right? And so this may stimulate labor. So things you have to to think about, and you have to ask your doctor, because you might not be a good candidate for acupuncture, but mostly the risks of acupuncture are very low. And so the best thing to do is to ask for referrals. You want to make sure that you check the person that you're going to, their history, their training credentials. And most states, they do require that non-physician acupuncturists, they have to pass an exam. And it has to be conducted by the National um, Certification Commission for Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine. A lot of the licensed medical physicians are licensed acupuncture practitioners as well. So that's even a, a added plus. You also, you might have insurance, you know, coverage for your treatment. Some of the insurances, especially the, the what is it, the SAA, the health savings account and the different things, um, that can fit under wellness, okay? And so check it out. Maybe your insurance will pay for that. But I always say it's time to Think about alternative medicine as well. A lot of the physicians are embracing it, and most especially if you have to deal with pain and pain management. During the procedure, like I said, I'll be laying face down. It's, it, can, it can take up to about at least 45 minutes by the time you get in there. There's needle insertion. Um, it's not uncomfortable. Then there's needle manipulation that can happen. You, you know, some practitioners, they gently move or twirl the needles after placement. There's some have the heat. I have the heat lamps hoovering over. I do have mild electrical pulses at the, the spots that give me the most problems. And then they remove the, the needle and it comes out you know, very easy, no discomfort. You lay there, you feel wonderful, and you're pretty much done. I think that all of you guys, I would encourage all of you to really, you know, check it out. If you are suffering from um, any type of pain, if you want to have stress management and relief, because it does relax you, you know, after I do my acupuncture treatment, I just, for the rest of the day, I just take it easy. My doctor tells me to take it easy. And so, Dee, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, first of all, you know, there's a lot of um, myths, fallacies, and facts associated with acupuncture. I mean, I, you're probably the first person that I have known that has, that really you know, has looked at it from a scientific standpoint, and, you know, your outcomes seem to be good. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I like about it is that, especially for illnesses where you just, you're not going to be laying down for a scalpel. 
I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to be laying down for a scalpel to do take care of my back. Mm-hmm. And if I could do alternative medicine kinds of things like acupuncture, which, let's face it, it's been around for a thousand years. Yes. Why not? So this is great. Yes. This is great. Yes. I recommend folks, you know, talk with your primary doctor or your health practitioner, even those of you that go to the orthopedic surgeon, you know, talk to them and ask them, along with your PT, your physical therapy, if they can recommend acupuncture as well. Well, Dee, this ends our show. So do you have any other tips that we should think about? Well, I mean, I just, I want to reiterate that acupuncture is a well-established alternative to, you know, some of the common things that we think about the medications, which oftentimes have a lot of adverse drug reactions associated with it. So I think this is a wonderful alternative. And then when you were running down all those, you know, things that you can use acupuncture for, it's amazing. But I would also, as an infectious disease specialist, Say, yes, yes. Just be careful yes. and make sure that your doctor has a good, uh, doesn't have, uh, you know, an infection rate or complications associated with him or her. Mm-hmm. But uh, it certainly sounds fantastic. Yes, and they're supposed to use sterile needles because I can hear, you know, because I'm face down, but I can hear my doctor when he's, you can hear him ripping open the packets for each needle that he puts in. And so that's... So you know they're clean. I know they're clean and sterile, yes. Yeah, and sterile. Mm -hmm. Right, right. That's great. Fantastic. And as always, folks, if you want more information, make sure you go to our website, vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.